Math is one of the most divisive subjects students encounter in their academic career, with some students coming away from it enthralled, and some hoping to never see another fraction again. Desmos is working to help students love math by changing the verbs from calculate and execute to create and discuss. Dan Meyer, a former classroom math teacher and chief academic officer at Desmos, talks about the need to bring the noise back to the math classroom by unplugging the headphones and getting students working together to love math. Welcome to the MBS Direct podcast, where we talk with some of our partners who are doing interesting things with content and education. I'm Carrie Watkins, the Senior Digital Consultant with MBS Direct, and today we are talking with Dan Meyer, the Chief Academic Officer for Desmos. Thank you for joining us, Dan. Thanks for having me. So it seems like people are split into two camps, those who love math and those who avoid it at all costs. And Desmos is there to kind of help those people in the latter category. Talk a little bit about Desmos and where, how you got started and, and where you guys are going from here. Yeah, so we, uh, we want to help the world learn math and, and love to learn math at the same time, which is not always the same thing. Some people can learn math but never want to have anything to do with it ever again once it's no longer a required course. So we want people to love it also. And uh, so we started with one product, a digital calculator, um, as powerful as any you can buy um, that is hardware, that is, that is made of plastic and silicon. Um, and it's free online at desmos.com. Um, so it's a powerful tool to help you uh, solve math problems that you are assigned to, to do math, mathematical explorations. Um, and we also now, uh, more recently, have been creating curriculum activities ourselves. So no longer, no, no longer content to play a supporting role to other people's curriculum, which may be asking students to do really dull problems that we can help them solve, but we want to create the activities that students do in classes themselves. So we have this uh, other free tool, the Activity Builder, which lets people use uh, our technology to create some really interesting digital activities or to use the ones that we create ourselves. Much more powerful and interesting uh, than the usual kind of multiple choice problems that you find in a lot of online mathematics. Can you give an example of one of those activities? Yeah, for sure. We have like a, an activity called Marble Slides, very easily Googled. I was just looking at some student work on it just now, and what it is is, um, whereas a, a typical problem, I ask students to you know graph uh, this particular line through these points, that kind of thing. Um, what we do is we ask students to create a line that um, that sends some marbles, which which fall from the sky, and they have gravity to them. Um, and the marbles then roll down the line as though it were a ramp through some stars. So it creates this kind of game-like environment that's full of um, exploration, um, prediction, students um, trying, trying one thing, it not working, and then trying a different thing, and, they, and learning in the process. Uh, that's, that's one kind of uh, activity that we create. We love expanding the set of verbs that students do in their math classes. So usually it's like calculate numbers or select multiple choice items, that kind of thing. We want to uh, expand those verbs to verbs like uh, to create, to argue, to predict. When people say they don't like math, oftentimes they, they don't like a certain kind of math uh, that they were exposed to all throughout uh, their schooling. Math also tends to focus on a very finite, very specific outcomes. Myself, I was a, very much a uh, an English person, somebody who, who loved to, to write and see the world and observe. And it sounds like you are kind of crossing over when you're asking students to create in math. I think that's right. Yeah, you can ELA and other subjects, you can impose more of yourself and your own way of seeing the world, your own way of phrasing what you're seeing in the world. You can impose that on the subject and see yourself in the subject. But oftentimes in math class, it just feels like uh, for the student, you're just retracing steps that someone else has already walked 
uh, across, along pavement uh, hundreds and thousands of years earlier. And that's super interesting for, for a certain subset of kids that w- often winds up growing up to be math teachers, uh, but less so for a lot of other kids that we want to reach. So what age group do these activities focus on? These activities are largely at the moment from grades 6 through 12, which reflects largely just the my own background as a high school math teacher and also the background of the teachers that we've hired. At a certain point we made, and also that, that, that our, our initial product was a graphing calculator. So we focus on those ages. And how has it grown in the time that you've been there and where would you like to see Desmos go from academic standpoint? Uh, uh, great question. Wow. Uh, really helpful for me to think about verbally here. Um, what I'd love to see is I'd love to see no more barriers for students to use. Uh, these calculators that they have to buy, they're, they're, they were, I loved them as a kid, but they're so expensive. And so many, I hear from so many schools and students who just can't afford these calculators. Like the, and, the, and the citizens of the town or whatever, the parents of the school, they already you know paid increased tuition or a, a parcel tax or a bond or whatever to buy these computers, these Chromebooks or iPads or whatever. And so like they shouldn't have to buy another piece of hardware when the one they have is super powerful. So I wanna see every student using a free, powerful calculator, not having to, to pay that extra expense. I wanna see um, uh, assessment companies uh, allow these calculators on those tests that tends to drive what calculators they buy. And I would love to see, I would love to see every student who is using a computer in math class using it in ways that are powerful and educational that don't just feel like you're taking a test on a computer every day in class, that expose students to what we know works well for math education and what, what's so interesting about math education, a good one. So what problem is Desmos trying to solve? The big one is just in general, how do we help teachers and students learn math and love to learn math? That's the big one. Um, that, that takes on a lot of different uh, characters. I think a big, immediate, more immediate challenge, a smaller one, is this: the, the fact that when students get computers in math class, it often winds up quieting the class down considerably. That in good classes, uh, productive ones, we know that students are, are negotiating mathematical ideas, they're arguing about math, they're posing ideas similar to an English classroom, uh, but you give them a computer and headphones and they're just like, they're plugged into the computer, they're, they're clicking multiple choice questions and they're watching videos and it is dead quiet and, and boring for all but a few. And so we're trying to tug the conversation a bit more towards social digital learning. Like when you and I are on our computers, you know, we use computers so we, we love how it connects us to other people. Like how you emailed me and how we're on Skype right now. Like that's, that's the, the stuff that's really so exhilarating but so common. We almost forget how exhilarating it is. Um, and yet when we go into classrooms with computers, we lose all of that interaction. It becomes you and the, and the box talking to the box and the box talks back but you are not connected to your class your classmates at all so we, we are working on right now like a classroom a set of classroom conversation tools tools that help teachers and classes have amazing mathematical conversations with students um, that's that's the current big question I'm wondering how to, how to, how to like how to preserve what you and I love about computers uh, when they go into the math classroom so when you talk about math questions, are, are, you, are you talking about math philosophy? Uh, I mean, what would be an example of one of these larger math questions to get students talking? Uh, I mean, anything from as, as small, like for prim- the primary grades, you know, we have these, these things called number talks, which is just like, it, let, me, let me ask you to uh, ask the class to, to multiply 25 times 18, which is a couple numbers that are off the times table. It's not like a, a known fact to them. And you have them work on it for a bit and then you come to find out that 
you have four or five different ways of doing that, whether you're, you have people, you know, decomposing numbers in interesting ways. And by sharing those students come to realize that like math has some creativity to it, some, some variance, some, some multiple ways of being right, not just the one that's in the back of the textbook. And so, you know, on a, on a computer-based problem, that would just be 25 times 18, type the answer into the box, hit submit, and see if you were right. In a stronger classroom with students, you'd have this conversation of how did you solve that? And then I would put two methods on the board and ask students, like, how do you see the, the connection between one to the other? Because you know that connection exists because they both got the same answer at the end of it. That's just one different out of so many uh, of how math can be social, interesting, conversational, and with computers it often isn't. And it gets to the underlying fundamentals of math that students need, even though, you know, as they progress through their career and their life outside of academics, uh, they do have that calculator built into their phone or their smart device or their computer, uh, and they can just type in those numbers, but without that underlying fundamental of why things work the way that they do, uh, it's difficult to get the advanced knowledge around math that I think a lot of students miss out after about grade three or four. There's a lot to your comment there, definitely. We want students to be able to have fluency, certainly, like there's a place for having them practice just times table problems, for sure. There's there's great ways to have them do that, too, and there's, there's poor ways. I think that for a large number of people who are very successful, like yourself, like you don't use math in your job to the same degree that uh, that we often tell students, like you need math or you will, you'll wind up destitute and homeless. It just isn't true. There's lots of people out there that have carved out great careers without math, but that means to me that we need to emphasize in math class, a lot of the, the skills of reasoning and argument that will be useful to people in their careers, whether or not it explicitly uses math, arguing from evidence, trying to be empathetic to how someone else solved a problem or what they're thinking. These are exceptionally valuable skills no matter what you wind up doing. I hope, you, I hope you'd agree. One of the issues that I've seen around ed tech and math related is the concept of chocolate covered broccoli. At the end of the day, yeah. you're still doing timed tests for math problems. How does Desmos get away from uh, sort of that rote memorization in the typical math ed tech space? First of all, like we just try to put off the table the usual ways of getting kids interested in boring math, which is to say, like, give them an avatar, give them badges, give them hit points, experience points, that kind of thing. And instead, we look to research on curiosity predates all of the ed tech you know, bells and whistles and chocolate-covered vegetables. So for one thing, we look to prediction, putting students in a place where they predict what will happen next, and then, they, and then through math, they solve what happens next, and then they see if they were right about that as a cycle. Uh, prediction has been, been linked to a lot of interest. We also try to, exp again, expand what verbs students do. Like if students are getting bored calculating uh, or computing sums over and over and over again, the answer isn't to you know give them points for computing sums. It's to change the verb from compute to say create, like create your own problem, and then to share, share that with a neighbor. Correct, like correct their work once they're done, or um, to argue. Here are two students that are arguing about this particular sum and the best way to do it. Can you referee that argument to expand and to create multi-grain bread out of what was was once you know just a uh, white bread? That's what we try to do. Just make uh, broaden the scope of the work rather than making dull work superficially more interesting for a small stretch. You were in the classroom for a number of years. I also saw that you did some time at Google, and then now you've been in the ed tech space for a little while. 
style as well. From your perspective, what do you see is the most interesting thing happening in education at large right now? The broad education trend that fascinates me right now is the shortage of teachers that we have in any subject, though math tends to be hit pretty hard on account of, I think, the, the opportunities there are for people who know university-level math outside of the math classroom. But regardless, there's loads, there's a, a shortage. I looked it up, um, like, I found 37 articles in 37 states talking about the their teacher shortage and all the different desperate ways they're trying to get teachers in the classroom. And so there's some real serious, like, macro stuff going on. What is preventing or discouraging student teachers uh, from entering the workforce is it rhetoric is it is our autonomy on the job assessments i don't i don't know what the answer is and like do we care like do we care that, that teaching is not necessarily seen as a career but more as a stepping stone like something you do for a few years and then move on to something else which to be fair is what i did but is, is there value in having a teacher on a site for 30 years who knows the kids knows their parents knows their their parents parents because because she taught all of them there's just like the, the structure of schooling i find to be a really fascinating and harrowing question right now the move towards personalization with the help of technology might be a part of the solution or do you think uh, it needs to be something bigger than that there's a certain definition of personalization that i think may be helpful the current one that we typically see is is i i think very counterproductive in classes which is the one where uh, the student plugs into the box, listens on headphones, does practice problems, goes on to the next. It's a, that version of personalization says like you can go at your own pace through a really dull sequence of mathematics. We won't prevent you from moving forward. Like we're not going to stop you. It's personalization in that way. Um, in terms of, of time, like where you are, but it, it winds up being really dull mathematics. It's like having you know a, a buffet in front of you. You can have anything you want, but all of it tastes like garbage. That's that's what we're looking at right now. And uh, even more than that, I just don't. I don't think that the computer gets it right a lot of the time when the computer is trying to say, "Does the student get it?" The computer says, "Yeah, the student does. Go ahead and move on to the next." Uh, from my experience, oftentimes the computer gives very bad diagnoses of student error. But there, there, there are ways, I'm really fascinated by the centaur model that we see in like um, medicine and chess, like where uh, a human versus a computer gets beat uh, by the computer, the computer wins that, but a human plus a computer beats a computer by itself. There's, there's models where, they, um, where computers enable and enhance uh, a human's work, and that's what I'm most excited about at the moment. How to make the human teacher more powerful, able to make more accurate assessments of students, and uh, to, to have, a, have better conversations in class and a better relationship with students, between students and mathematics. That excites me. So if we have a school that would be interested in learning more about Desmos, about the graphing calculator, or about the activities that you guys provide in the curriculum, how would they go about learning more about Desmos? Head to desmos.com calculator. Uh, or just Google Desmos calculator and you'll you'll pop up with, with no login or no paywall, uh, the most powerful online calculator you can find. And it's just there for you. So it'll help you make math, make sense of math. Um, and then for teachers, head to teacher.desmos.com where we have um, hundreds of free activities that uh, will make the computers in your class seem meaningful and valuable to you as opposed to an impediment or chocolate-covered broccoli. So those are two great places to start. Uh, I'm Dan Meyer from Desmos. You can Google me and my email address and contact form is real easy to find. My blog is also. Love to chat with your listeners and answer any other questions that they have.
Great. And the calculator is available on what platforms? Any platform that any platform that has a web browser, essentially. There's an, an Android uh, app and an iOS app, and then it's also available um, you know, on the web. So if your device accesses the web, it will be able to use Desmos. Well, thank you very much for your time. Uh, I'm very excited to see how Desmos progresses in the curriculum and math and hope that many more people come to love math because of what you guys are doing uh, in this space. So thank you very much for your time. Thanks, Carrie. Hey guys, thanks for listening. For more information on any of the topics discussed in this podcast or any other questions you have about digital content options, contact your account manager or you can reach out to me, Carrie Watkins, Senior Digital Consultant, on Twitter at Carrie J. Watkins.